Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by the wonderful people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Go check out Morbidly Beautiful right now while you're listening to this episode for all your horror pop culture needs from reviews to interviews, top 10 lists, and everything in between. They also have a huge library of podcasts to listen to as well, so when you're done here, head over there and check out what's going on. And in just a few days, you will get one spectacular episode from me here on the Ominous Origins podcast featuring about 10 different guests from the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. It was a great chat, and I'm excited to share it with you. But that's not for another few days yet, and that's for International Podcast Day. Today's episode is a little bit more modern than my usual ones, I should say. We all have phones. In fact, you're probably listening to this on a cell phone or a smartphone or a tablet or some sort of mobile device. And we all know there are a variety of apps out there, ranging from games to maps to whatever you want that's probably out there. But have you ever heard of an app that can read your mind? Well, we're going to get into that today with a little-known app called Randonautica. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. In case you're unfamiliar with just what Randonautica is, it is, like I said, an app. It's kind of like a geocaching app where it gives you coordinates and you follow the map and you end up in a spot. Well, the thing that separates Randonautica is is that it sort of reads your mind, in a sense. You're meant to go into this app with an intention, something you want to find. And lo and behold, the coordinates on your phone will pop up, you follow the instructions, you go there, and whatever you desired, whatever your intention was, you'll find it. At least that's how it's advertised. And despite just launching earlier this year in January of 2020, it didn't take long before this little app garnered massive headlines. Now the story goes, a couple of kids on TikTok decided to use this app. And if you're familiar with what TikTok is, well, you're going to have to get out from under your rock eventually. Anyway, these kids, teenagers, maybe early 20s, decided to use this app and document their journey and what they found was terrifying now i'm not sure what their intention was when they went into this i'm not sure what they thought of remember as i said you're supposed to go into this with an intention so if you think money you want to find money or you want to find riches or you want to find death or you want to find horror then this app should bring you to one of those spots that has that sort of thing So perhaps these kids went into it thinking mystery, murder, death, body, who knows. Regardless, on one of the shores near Seattle, these kids stumbled upon a suitcase. Now a suitcase in and of itself doesn't seem all that terrifying, it's fairly innocuous. However, once they approached, they noticed a smell, an odor emanating from this bag. After a bit of goading and dare-making, as kids tend to do, one of them opened it, 
and discovered a dead body. I swear to God, you can't make this shit up. A dead body was found on the shores of Seattle in a suitcase wrapped in a garbage bag because of an app. It sounds almost too good to be true for storytellers and news outlets. And it wasn't just a dead body. The group ended up calling the police and after an investigation, it turned out there were two corpses within this suitcase. All because somebody thought of something and followed some coordinates on an app. Now that seems, well, almost impossible. How does this happen? Well, thankfully, the New York Times did an investigation into this. They covered pretty much everything from top to bottom about this app. And they even have some science behind it, or pseudoscience, if you will. Now, all this is from the New York Times, which was posted in July of this year. It says, A Brief History of Randonauting. Before Randonautica, there were Randonauts, strangers who swapped stories about their bot-assisted adventures into the unknown. They wanted to open their minds to the world around them and make meaning of life's coincidences. The bot's code came from a group of programmers called the Fatum Project, who were interested in, among other things, using the technology to ensure the randomness of online gambling outcomes. Joshua Langfelder, 29 years old, discovered the Fatum Project on the Messenger app Telegram in January of 2019 in a fringe science chat room. He absorbed the project's theories about how random exploration could break people out of their predetermined realities, and how people could influence random outcomes with their minds. Mr. Langfelder, a former circus performer, thought the code and its underlying ideas could be used to explore the relationship between consciousness and technology. In February of 2019, while caring for his father, who had just suffered a stroke, he created a telegram bot that used the Fatum Project's code to generate random coordinates. In March, he created a Randonauts subreddit, which now has 125,000 members. And in October, a developer named Simon Nishi McCordendale created a webpage for the bot. That same month, Auburn Salcedo, the chief executive of Presley Media, an agency that creates brand integrations for TV, found the Randonauts on Reddit and offered to help Mr. Langenfelder get the word out. <clears throat> on January 24th, Ms. Salcedo and Mr. Langfelder incorporated Randonauts LLC with her as COO and him as CEO. She remains the chief executive of Presley Media, which handles PR for Randonautica. They released a beta version of the app on February 22nd. Since its release, Randonautica has been downloaded 10.8 million times from the App Store and Google Play, according to the research firm Sensor Tower. After a few months of rapid growth, much of it propelled by TikTok, its downloads have started to taper off, according to data from the analytics firm App Annie. In an interview in July, Mr. Langfelder described Randonautica as a multimedia storytelling platform that encourages performance art. He said the overwhelming response has not surprised him. Quote, I kind of figured it was inevitable, he said, because basically what it is is like a machine that creates memes and legends, and it kind of virally propagates on its own. On social media, the most popular randonauting videos feature eerie and seemingly dangerous situations that are dramatized through editing. 
Some creators have capitalized on the trend by posting exaggerated or false accounts of their randonauting adventures. The 27-year-old YouTuber Josh Uzora, for instance, claimed to have been led to a crime scene. Ms. Salcido denounced such videos in an interview with YouTube creator Bill's channel. In a phone interview this month, she spoke further about the proliferation of fake videos, saying, quote, It's so hard to manage because people are really taking creative liberties after seeing how much traction the app is getting in the fear factor. So how does it work? Now, I've seen videos of people doing this. I've seen that suitcase video where they found the dead body. I've also seen other people test it out. And some of them have been pretty eerie. And they come from skeptics. There was one video, and I can't remember the channel. And I think I saw it on a compilation, actually. So it may be impossible to find for reference in this podcast. But he wasn't a believer. He and his girlfriend, I believe it was his girlfriend, decided to download the app. And they put in what they wanted. At first they said blood. They wanted to find blood. But then the girl was like, no, let's, let's not do that. That's a little too much. Let's go for money or happiness or something along those lines. So they put in the coordinates or they put in the whatever you do for Randonautica. And the map with the directions popped up. They followed, naturally. And it led them to a house. Just in a random suburban neighborhood. Seemingly nothing was happening, so they tried it again, but just as they were thinking about doing it again, what occurs? Well, just as they're about to leave the first destination, they hear sirens in the background. They look around, and they see an ambulance, followed by a police car and a fire truck. Well, that's a little eerie, that's a little off. They decide to get out of the chaos as they see these emergency vehicles approaching and they didn't want to stay in the way. So they pulled down the street a little bit and watched what was going on. Well, directly where they had the coordinates, which was a house which address wasn't given, the ambulance pulled up right in front, followed by the police, followed by the fire department. What happened? Well, they don't know. They looked for news stories the next day, but there was nothing reported. Presumably, somebody was injured or sick and required first aid, which is a little strange because what was the first thing they thought of? Before the money, before the happiness, blood. Did they inadvertently cause an accident? Did the app predict the future? Did the app know that something was going on before the emergency services did? Well, it's all up in the air. They decided to try it again, this time a little bit later on in the night. Now, the first time they did it was looked like mid-afternoon. The second time was dead of night, midnight, maybe later. And what occurred? Well, they decided to look for fear, if I'm remembering it correctly. And boy, did they get a scare. They were driving along, and they saw nothing. But that's probably the point. The coordinates took them to a random field or a random abandoned spot. There was a bridge, it was a creepy bridge, and it was a little out of the way. And the coordinates were directly beneath this tunnel that the bridge went over. Well, they didn't stick around too long. It was pretty terrifying, and it was a little creepy to watch. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's all about the power of suggestion, which is what I'm thinking of, too. You think of fear. So it takes you to a spot, and you see something that scares you, or you just get this overwhelming sensation of 
fear just because you had already thought about it, and that's what you thought you were going to find upon hitting the coordinates. But what happens when other people do it? Well, there is a YouTuber called Nightmare Expo, or Nexpo. And I've been a follower of his for quite a long time. I've been watching that channel for a couple of years now. Very interesting. And he did a story recently on Randonautica as well. And he decided to try it out for himself. He looked for, I think, Satan. And it brought him to a quarry. It looked pretty abandoned, but it was in the middle of the night, so chances are just nobody was there. And what did he find? Looking for Satan. Absolutely nothing. Hmm. It's a little disappointing, isn't it? So he tried again. And this time, he tried cult. With the intention of finding, presumably, a cult or some sort of cultish activity. It brought him to a gas station in a strip plaza. There was an anytime fitness and a pizza parlor. But, sadly, no signs of cults. And he tried his best to find something. He didn't just stand there and look and go, oh, there's nothing here. He investigated. He walked around the buildings. He walked around the empty quarry looking for any signs of Satan or any signs of cults. He literally left no stone unturned. And he found nothing. Is it just that this app works when it wants to? Or does it just work when you have a strong enough perception? Maybe it only works on certain-minded people. Super skeptical people may not get to experience what is happening. Think of hypnotics. They say only people susceptible to being hypnotized are those who want to be hypnotized. If you don't want to be hypnotized, it's not going to happen. It could play the same role here. But enough about these anecdotes. How about the function? How does it work? Well, the New York Times article here describes it as such. On first use, Randonautica offers a brief intro and some tips before prompting you to share your location. Then it will ask you to choose which type of point you would like it to generate, the difference between which only matters if you believe the app can read your thoughts, before fetching coordinates from a random number generator. The user then can open the location in Google Maps to begin their journey. Randonautica throws big words like quantum and entropy around a lot. Its creators believe that quantum random numbers are more likely to be influenced by human consciousness than non-quantum random numbers. The hypothesis is part of a theory Mr. Langfelder refers to as mind-machine interaction, or MMI. It posits that when you focus your intent, you are influencing the numbers. It says, quote, Basically, if you're looking for any kind of peer-reviewed scientific consensus, that does not exist yet in the literature. Instead, he pointed to the work of Dean Radin, a prominent figure in the pseudoscientific field of parapsychology. So think what the Ghostbusters did before busting ghosts. And he works at the Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research, or PEAR, program, which is cited at Dr. Radin's research as evidence. Randonautica claims that a 1998 pair experiment supported the idea that people can control random number generation with their thoughts. The study was published in the Journal of Scientific Exploration, which includes work about the paranormal, spirit possession, poltergeists, and questions about Shakespeare's authorship. That's a little bit random, but hey, whatever. In the study, pairs researchers wrote that the experiment was far from conclusive. 
Quote, it looks like they saw some kind of correlation, but they admit it was weak and it needed to have further research associated with it, said Casey Schwartz, an experimental physicist and assistant professor at Ursinus College, who reviewed Randonautica's claims for this article. She said she did not know of any quantum systems that could be influenced by human thoughts. And I just have to throw out there another Casey. You don't see too many Casey's out there. This one's a she, which in my experience is the most prominent of Casey's, but hey, that's just a little diatribe. A little side note, a little story, actually. When I was just a young boy and living at home with my parents, my mom had an answering machine, and the recording was in her voice, and it said, you've reached Don, Chris, and Casey. Nowhere giving any pronouns of any sort. So, when I had a potential job interview, or somebody calling for me, they would often reply with this. Hi there, this message is for Casey. If she could call us back, that would be great. It's for interview at X place YZ. Thank you, bye. I was often referred to as a she. And not that that's a bad thing, but you know, as a 16 year old boy back in the early 2000s, I was like, why did you name me this parents? That's beside the point. I just thought it'd be a little bit of a fun story to tell. Now, Lisa Fazio, an assistant professor of psychology at Vanderbilt University, said that the more synchronous experiences were likely coincidences colored by confirmation bias, or the tendency to look for information that affirms one's beliefs and tune out contradictory evidence, which is something that's more prominent in today's society than ever. She pointed to a story shared on Reddit in which an Australian poster described being led to a map of the London Underground. Quote, Things like that happen all the time. It's just that you don't notice. The map of London if you didn't already have the intention to be thinking of London. She also notes that coincidences are far more common than people realize. Mr. Langfelder dismisses such criticism, stating that the app was not created to prove a hypothesis. I would say it's not some kind of academic science work, he said. We're more like inventors than academic scientists. An update coming in August will feature improved graphics, and Mr. Langfelder said that a custom random number generator that would have a higher rate of entropy, so technically our MMI effects should be higher, he said. Of course, as noted above, MMI is a theory that is not supported by science. Daniel J. Rogers, a physicist who worked with quantum random number generators, called Randonautica's MMI theory completely absurd. He said, quote, There is no quantum physics here. This is just people using big science words to sound magical. There is no actual science here. Now, generally, I'm very open-minded to these sort of things, and while I don't believe that Randonautica can read your thoughts or create coordinates based on your emotions or thoughts, I also don't plan on downloading the app anytime soon. These kind of things are a little bit fishy, and you do have to download with caution. Whenever you add something to your phone, you give it permission. You are giving it your location. You are giving it access to files on your phone. Now, a lot of them just say, oh, we want to access your camera or your media files, which is generally whatever. Nobody cares. But what if you've taken a picture of your tax forms, just for reference? Theoretically, now I'm no IT expert, and I don't believe that I 
have any sort of knowledge on this, but it just makes sense that they would have access to that picture should somebody hack the device. Now, do I think that Randonautica or uh, generally many apps out there are stealing your data without your permission? Yes and no. They will probably give your information over to advertisers, but I don't think they have access to just go, oh, hey, look, it's Casey's phone. Click. Oh, there's all his shit. No, that's not the case. But if somebody hacked the program, then they could probably have access to all those files. And then, hey, all your tax information's there, which means your identity is potentially now theirs. Now, I know I sound like a little bit of a conspiracy nut, but hey, that's kind of what this is all about, isn't it? Regardless of what you believe in with this app, there are some very interesting stories to be told. Now, we've already gone over the big one where the kids found the body. But what are some other stories, some fun ones? Whether you believe them or not, they're still fun to go over. Entertaining at the very least. So let's take a look at some other stories that have been produced by Rando Nodding. A Reddit user by the name of Sarcat went randonauting one day with the intention of finding a dog. And well, they found a stray dog and took him home. They said, I thought I'd set the intent as a dog for fun. I'm skeptical and didn't expect anything. I used a tractor and the app led me down a gravel road that I didn't even know existed, which gave me a weird feeling. I didn't see anything initially and kept driving until I saw a stray. He came right up to me when I called him and it was obvious that someone had likely owned him prior to this. I assume he'd been dumped because he was friendly, but scrawny. I took him home with me shortly after. Now, another Reddit user by the name of LearnStockBeInformed posted a story about setting their attention upon finding a mysterious object in the woods. And they eventually did so, by stumbling across a small figurine of a zebra. Hey, whatever. I mean... Again, that could be power suggestion. If you were walking in the woods and you found a small zebra figurine or a toy, you probably wouldn't think much of it. But since the app brought you there, well, I mean, obviously the app did all the work for you and brought you to where you intended to go. A Twitter user by the name of at Captain Sagaheo 3 says Rando nodding letter to a fairy statue after she asked to find something mystical and thought about fairies. Another Redditor, Lady Luck, 111999, went Rando nodding with the intention of learning more about Buddhism, and she found a temple. It's a little interesting, I suppose. Yet another Redditor posted their experience and found that signs led the way. The first time Rando nodding this afternoon, after reading an article last night, the entire time I was walking, I was muttering, where the hell is this taking me? But couldn't help but laugh as my environment kept answering for me. <laughs> and there's a picture of a sign that says, you're not lost, you're here. Okay, fair enough. Primaveri on Reddit posted about their first ever Rando nodding trip as well. Said, quote, Went randonauting for the first time today thinking that this wasn't going to work for me whatsoever. I had the intention of a treasure, and I found this beautiful Luna Moth laying on the ground a few meters from the point. I've never been lucky enough to see one of these in person. The Moth Permovi found has green wings and looks a little bit more like a pretty butterfly. And they posted a picture of said Moth. 
So those are just a few examples of some of the innocent things you can find on Randonautica. Of course, there is a dark and sinister side as well, as we've seen with the body in the suitcase, or people searching for hate, and then coming across a very angry woman on the street shouting profanities. Again, I think it's all in the eye of the beholder. I think if you set out to find something, and you're shown something that even resembles what you're looking for, you're going to attribute it to the app. But maybe there's something more to it. Chances are there's not, and it's just a fun little gimmick. As far as I know, there isn't any paid stuff to do with this app. It's completely free. But what do I know? They sell all your information to advertisers, as I said anyway, so there's that. Nevertheless, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast. My name is Casey. And if you like what you heard, feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else that you find your podcasts that allow reviews, of course. You can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash horror shots. You can leave a review on there too if you want. Any five-star reviews do get read out on the show. So that's a little bit of an incentive for you. You can also follow along on Twitter at HorrorShotsProd, as in production. Also, if you want to support the show financially, you can do so as well by hitting up the Redbubble store. The link is in the description below. But until next week, well, no, that's a lie. Until Wednesday, which is International Podcast Day, I will see you then with a very special interview. Until then, have a good one.